Sometimes I'm not sure I'm getting as much done as I could be. Sometimes I'm wondering if this path I'm on is the right one. Sometimes I'm wondering how I can get more done, how I can do the things I really care about. And this episode really helped me with all of that, like tremendously. Um, Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. First off, my name is Max McCoy. This is Looking Up, and I apologize for the extra nasally intro. Uh, I'm recovering from a cold, but the show goes on. I'm joined by Alex Icon. Alex created the 5-Minute Journal. He's created the Productivity Journal. He sold a company for millions of dollars alongside his wife. Uh, he's an angel investor. He's a, I would call him a serial entrepreneur. He's a beast. He's an artist. Um, but he's also just a really good person, a very present, kind, humble human being that I loved to be around. We went and shot hoops and I got to spend time with Alex and learn from him and um, truly was just really humbled to sit down and talk to him. And this conversation was one of my favorites. I learned so much personally um, about productivity, about how to get my best work done, how to really stay focused on what matters most. We also talk about things like the public education system, the benefits of travel, We talk about the law of attraction. We talk about how we can design our life. Alex gives practical insights on how we can leave this podcast and have more clarity in terms of what we're doing and how we're living. I think this is one of my favorite episodes yet. Um, I took so much from it, and I think you guys will too, no matter what your path in life, whether you're self-employed or not. I think this episode will plant some seeds in your head for the better. If you like the episode, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe, if you leave a review on Apple iTunes, or share an insight to your Instagram stories. I love when you guys do that, and that allows the podcast to grow in a really organic way. And I get to hop in there and say hi and say thank you on a more one-to-one basis. Thanks again to Alex for joining me and allowing me to learn from him, and super grateful I get to bring you podcast listeners along for this journey. So enjoy this episode I did with uh, just a really special human and Alex Icon. Enjoy. Everything you make, man, has a very beautiful design. Yeah, you're just jumping right into it. Oh, I'm jumping right into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, are we, I mean, can't wait. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was the continuation of the conversation we just had. Yeah. Um, how, how, in what way do you say you work? What In what way do you say you're like good at that aspect? Like. Because the way, by the way you dress, by the way you sh- you're very just like clean cut. Your your aesthetic online's nice. Yeah. Your products are beautiful, and the five minute journal, and the productivity planner. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I y- think honestly, it does come from our own unique abilities. And what I mean by that is like, I I, I guess in regards to when you look at some horoscopes and astrology, I did some like mind readings. It'd be interesting to that. But they always, and I'm a Taurus. They actually always focus on like how aesthetic is very important for like my whatever star signs mm. and it's actually really interesting because i do notice sometimes like some people don't care at all about aesthetic you know they don't care to stay in a nice place they don't like it's they don't care to dress nice it's not important for them but for me it is so i think it does certain things do come naturally to you and they're important to you mm. and i believe so for myself it's not like i really even work at it I'm honestly not like even a fashion guy. It's not like I shop a lot or anything like that. It's just like I have a certain style. I keep it. I like my dress shirts. Boom, done. With regards to uh, creating products uh, with the 5-Minute Journal Designer or Productivity Planner. It was funny. Like it's crazy to see that as taking off so much. But I remember when I was designing it, I didn't have that. I didn't envision that it was going to take off as it, as it did. And plus that so many other people would copy it right in regards to even that design of you know the morning portion being light the night portion being like you know a little kind of grayed out a little kind of uh, signs here and then the fonts like all those little things some people take it for granted uh in regards to what makes a product great but a lot of times it is that subtle aesthetic details that make the people want to use the product more than others and you consider yourself definitely uh, an artistic type, which confused or which surprised me. But as I actually like opened my eyes to it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But given what you've done, sold a company, you're building multiple companies to yeah. be labeled as, oh, I'm not actually as good at the admin stuff or the, you know, like that is a surprise to many. Yeah, I was literally talking to my wife, I think, last night. I'm like, we're artists. We're not business people. 
and it's it's really interesting like we're just more visionary creative what we enjoy doing is that um art stuff like if it was up to me uh, i would just be fully in that like i actually in a way of really look up to when people can just tr- totally be in their craft like yeah. artists me too i romanticize that yeah, like like artists like right? one track mind yeah just like you know i was uh there's this you if you look some musicians and if the most important thing for a lot of artists is can they get the right business people behind them you know i don't have that honestly i'm the, i'm still the the person who does everything in regards to and i think as a lot of people have to do nowadays if you're starting out and coming out a lot of people have that old mindset of oh i need like a manager or i need this business partner to do that but i think you can do a lot on your own as we have however as i'm going on my journey uh i'm being smart about it like how do i uh, actually bring on people because i have that luxury now to work for me who who can be good at the other stuff Mm. and that i can focus on my kind of craft as some let's say musicians just focus on their music because if if a musician has to focus on the admin and their uh, gigs like i had heard a story there was a I gave one of my friends like, some concert tickets because I, I, before I left here, I, I bought a bunch of concert tickets to go to some shows. And there's, I love like artists who are coming up and nobody knows about. And, and my friend, I gave her the tickets and she went to the show and she's like, this guy was like, he was this one man show. He was like, he was like, <laughs> he was, he's like, he, he also said he, oh, he just lost his laptop. He didn't have his laptop. He, his laptop was setting up, but he's a super talented artist. But he, like, you know, set up this gig, he sold his tickets, he did everything. But what if he could just focus on his music? Maybe he could be, like, ten times bigger than he is now. So those, those are some of the things that what, I think. What are about. some of the micro ways, uh, like myself, I consider myself an artist, but I do everything. And as we know, I just set yeah. up all the cameras, and then I run a, my own little business, and uh, I do it all. And I think a lot of people are in that stage, especially with your audience and mine. What are some of, like, the micro ways we can start to implement you know bringing on people if we can't hire them if we can't you know bring on a full staff what are some of like the the smaller ways an artist or someone who wants to in any way dive deeper into what they do best yeah how can they begin to like slowly but surely build that support around them yeah i think it's a really good question first you have to in a way identify what is your kind of three top core competencies you know like i had you know i have also some great friends and mentors are like alex in your business you always have to know like your core competencies like what are the top three things that you're best at and you have to identify that with yourself as a person or the business you run those are really important so what is that for you so once you identify those you can then kind of try to look at what are the other things that are required for me to do so for a lot of people when they're starting out it might be let's say editing like and maybe you really don't like editing and it takes a lot of your time and you're not really good at it so you don't have to hire somebody full-time to edit you can potentially find somebody on fiverr or somewhere else to edit and hey they may not even do as good of a job as you do and and I think the other thing that you have to realize as an artist, because you, you tend to be a perfectionist and you want things to be like 100% how you would have done it. And to let go and if somebody else can just get it at 80% there, uh, let them do it. And this is so hard uh, to let go. Uh, but I find that this is even me now being on my journey for like, you know, close to a decade. Even as I'm going to head back to London now, just realizing you know just outsource that and like i said it doesn't have to be in a full-time role and another thing i i think it's okay to make a little less money Mm. uh because a lot of us tend to they're like oh i don't want to even give somebody else because like those that's a hundred bucks that i could have made but you really have to force yourself sometimes and like i said yeah at the very very beginning you do have to do everything i've 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 been there and the point like i'm kind of back at, at that stage right now too we can talk about that but as you grow, as you start making a little money and you have, you can let go uh, of some of the tasks, 
it's okay to make a little less money and to let somebody else do it. Because if you can actually be in your core competencies in your craft, it'll actually help you grow further and faster, I believe. And that's what I've seen from a lot of um, kind of my peers and friends who've, who've went way beyond. That's what they have done. They are kind of, you know, one person I really look up to in business uh, is my friend Andrew Wilkinson. He's from, you know, British Columbia. And what always sticks in my mind, when he was starting out, his dad told him, hire people. And he's like, why? And he's like, trust me, once you hire people, it'll make you more productive. It'll make you drive more business. Because you're like, you have somebody who you have to pay. And it, it, inherently, it makes you more responsible. And from my own experience, I feel the same. When I start having people on board, and there's payroll and things like that, I'm like, oh, okay. I have to get to work and I have to do stuff. So my, my gears are turning. My gears <laughs> yeah, are turning. Yeah. Um, what, what, in what other ways have uh, these people you've surrounded yourself with, you started off by not taking that as your own piece of advice, which was very humble. You're a great articulator in that a aspect, but in what other roles have these mentors played a big role in your development? Like, uh, you know, you've been at this for 10 years. Have, have you relied heavily on other people? Have you been, or be, I ask because it's typical for an artist to kind of romanticize this, lock myself in the room and create something beautiful and come out when it's ready. Yeah. But it sounds like you're, you're this cool mix between uh, a student and an artist, a creator and a kind of a sponge and alchemizer of things. Like how, how big is that role of people around you been? Um, I think huge. And, you know, even yesterday I was watching an interview and, and Ed Sheeran was talking about how he doesn't have a phone. Mm. He's like, and he is like, instead of being on his phone, he kind of and get that information. He, so he'll give himself that time to have thoughts. And I think that's really important. Yeah, me too. Um, however, <laughs> um, I would say on my own journey, what I realized too is that when you're starting out and one of my favorite kind of uh, notions is by Ira Glass. I don't know if you heard of the gap. Mm -mm. So Ira Glass is the uh, famous NPR, uh, I believe host of, and things like that. And he has this whole thing called the gap. Mm. And I strictly mention this to a lot of people that are starting out and are on their journey uh, as to myself, I still am to a degree, yeah. you know, even let's say I've been at it for now, like a decade, I still have so much to go and through towards getting to potentially mastery or getting at something. And what he describes in the gap is that a lot of us have this vision of us being great, you know, being great musician, great, being a great business person. But when you start actually getting to work and you compare yourself to others, you realize you actually suck. Yeah. Right. And this is where many people give up because mm. they're like, there's this big gap between where they are and where they want to go to. And they're like, this is, this is like, it's not enough. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm never going to be good enough and I should just give up. And in that gap, what you realize for myself is in order to get getting better, you have to expose yourself to good work like world-class stuff. And what ends up happening is, so even myself, let's say, let's put myself to the back to that position when, you know, the five-minute journal, I designed that 2012-11. It's almost a, a, a decade ago. So if you think about it, it was like, that was one of my like early works. And when I was putting that together, what would I do to uh, get inspired? I'll go around, I'll go into a bookstore and I'll find books of all sources right of different types of aesthetic that i'm still gravitating towards and i'll go into like those big uh, coffee shop books i'll list go into different kind of books and i'll just really uh look at those are real professional typesetters or designers that are putting together these published works or i'll be in italy because uh, i like to travel i'll go to like a little shop where they have other stationary products and I'd look at and really break down different elements mm. of design. So here I am, I'm an amateur, I'm starting out 
but I'm but the way I'm learning and absorbing is by breaking down elements of somebody who's already good. And I'll do the same thing. Let's say I also used to actually design our websites, like literally on Photoshop and all that stuff, and then put it together. And same thing. What I'll just do, I'd never like. It's like they say, like great artists steal, and it's not that yeah. I'm stealing. I, I call it like inspiration. Like the, the thing that pisses me off the most is like when people completely rip me off, mm-hmm. you know? So that's like when, uh, let's say it was a 500 journal, like there's a lot of people who are like straight out, take the, that whole similar aesthetic questions, all that stuff and put it together. I'm like, come on guys. But if somebody takes like, they get inspired from, let's say a work mm-hmm. and they improve on it and they remix it with different elements, yeah. then that's cool. You make it your own. And I think it's the same thing with music, you know, like look at even like Kanye West or these different artists, they can take certain elements from the past and remix it and make it their own and bring it to the, to the present. So what I'm saying is I think to a lot of artists, and this is what I do myself, and we're all artists to a certain degree, like in any other areas, is that those role of mentors, they don't have to be in re- even like in real life. A lot of the people that I learn from is through podcasts, you know, through listening to such podcasts like this or through actual works. So if your music listening to say music that inspires you, that moves you or video, I also, you know, being one of my show used to edit a lot of our videos and things like that. Same thing, looking at really good edits and really reverse engineering and breaking it down like, what are they doing here? What's this color that they're using? Like really trying to get into the details. And that's what I find will make you kind of be on your journey and be able to cross that gap of uh, creativity. Because most people like they expect themselves to already be good. Like that's not, that's not realistic. And you have to understand that you're on your way to get better. And you have to simply put in the work, but also take inspiration and study the greats. Cause they'll show you the way and don't feel like you're this creative genius and you lock yourself in a room and you'll get all these ideas, right? Like maybe if you do like LSD or something, I don't know, but like, I, I, it's, I think most of us, um, it's, I don't think it's, I think it would say it's rare to just strictly download ideas. You do have to expose yourself to different things. And some people may worry, oh, then I'm like uh, recreating stuff and it's not kind of like fully originally. Like, get out of your head. Like, nothing's fully original. Like, I really don't believe that. Like, It it reminds me of one of my favorite books for artists or anybody who wants to develop a craft. Have you read uh, Steal Like an Artist? I haven't read it, but I've heard about it. He's amazing. And it's just such a simple book. I read it in like one sitting and it touches on that. But I like that you, and something that I'm taking away from what you just said, especially is instead of just admiring great work and being like, that is so good. Wow. I'm not there. You, uh, dissect it. And I think that can be done in so many aspects. Um, and then what I also like is that you created when you said even one of your earlier works, which is very cool to hear, um, that you basically just created what you liked and you've kind of taken all these things and you reverse engineered what you really liked in Italy and, and other things. And you kind of made your own and, uh, a piece of advice that I can't even remember where I heard it that I try to remind myself as much as possible is, um, create what you think is cool. And mm. like, and if, if I, and that's something I'm reminding myself is if I can create what I think at the end of the day, no matter how the feedback is, if I love this thing, I think I'll move in my right direction. Is that, does that ring to you as like something you try to follow still to this day? Often? Oh, hundred percent. This yeah. is the biggest advice that I give to people. With the five minute journal, when I created it, I wasn't thinking it's going to sell half a million units. It's going to, you know, have this kind of old movement where people will copy it and do their own thing. You know, I really didn't think that I, I, when I was creating it, I was like, I'm just creating this for myself and what I think is cool. Like the whole goal there was, I just wanted this thing to exist and I want to have one on my bedside table. Um, and I think a lot of times when we create it, you, you create with the things that you want to see in the world. And that means the same thing in business. So this is like when I'm, uh, speaking about you, even speaking about me in regards to, Hey, you do this business, but I really believe business is also a creative expression. Mm. Like a lot of people bitch and complain about all the wrong things in the world. All the things that you're frustrated about, those are all business opportunities. 
because if you're frustrated about a bad customer service experience or how this product works, there's an opportunity. If you're frustrated about how no one's doing anything about the environment, great, you can do that. You know, so that I, it's, it comes from, from more of a, I guess, a practical, optimistic point of view, how you can make a difference and you can make the change and you can be part of it. Like you can do that. And when you start out, you will suck. You will just realize like it is hard. But as you move on your journey and you keep at it, you will keep getting better. Yeah. And that's to this day what it reminds me even to myself how early I am on my journey. Because uh, to some others, uh, it's like, oh, wow, this is great. You've done this. But I just realized how early I am, you know. And I think that's the thing is like, like don't have a big ego. Keep going. Uh, you always keep learning and keep growing. Mm. I do like that about you. You're very as much success as you've had, it, you're, uh, you radiate a very humbleness about you and a student and you're listening and you're very present. So through that, just being around you, I've, I've learned. Um, but you talk about consistency just now and it, this is something that you touch on a lot. And uh, that is something, I'm, I'm only 24, I'm very early in my journey and I need to remind myself that because it's easy to be like now, now, now. So I'm really just putting my head down. But it's also this balance that I would love to hear your thoughts on of, being consistent and just showing up every day and then also being flexible and hearing kind of what's working and what's not. And, and in the pivots questioning sometimes like, um, is this me just getting bored with what I'm doing and not being consistent or should I actually kind of pivot, you know, like finding that balance between relentlessly consistent and then also being flexible and, and kind of changing and informing with the market as it, as it needs. Uh, I think this is such an important question in regards to pivoting and there, and, and it's not just about career. It can also be in life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the cool part about this whole conversation. It's, it's business oriented, but I'm taking it as a life perspective. And it's like, I think this is the other thing that how we operate with my wife is that we literally don't have a separation between business and, and personal. I really love that. And, and some people say, Oh, it's not like maybe not healthy. No, I think for us, it's more about, uh, realizing that that's what life is about. It's about doing all these different things and making other elements be part of your life. Work is life. Art is life. You know, leisure time is life. And I think in uh, especially uh, American society, we kind of make it separate. Like this is your job, mm. and this is like, a thing. But you can. I we. That's what we've done. You can. That's why I don't feel like I'm ever working. Mm. And it's the greatest thing ever. Like, yeah. I remember being there when I had a job mm -hmm. and I would be watching, like, I was the time watcher, like, when I used to work at a bank. And it's such an American thing. I love that you said that because it's like, uh, <laughs> Americans especially, and it's, you put it in the box and then you almost act as if no matter what, this box is going to suck. And, <laughs> and then it sets you up for failure for eight hours of your day to be in a, in a, looking at the watch. Yeah. And that's why even with your job, even if you're at it, uh, one of my favorite books of all time is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Mm, Lynchpin. And Lynchpin, yeah, by Seth Godin. And one of my, the reason I love that book is like he really talks about how you can, you have to make your job your art. And whatever you're at, even if you're a janitor, how can you turn it into something that is your art, that you're, you're best at? And when you start looking at that from that perspective, you actually start enjoying what you do. You, and you see that too. I'm sure you came across people who were maybe waiters mm -hmm. or even uh, clean the street or something, but they're like kind of into it and they're into their craft and they respect what they do. You, you, you almost have automatically have more respect for them because, because they have respect for themselves. Mm -hmm. But those people who are kind of like, uh, and I've came across it a lot in LA, like they're waiters and they, maybe cause they want to be artists and they're waiting tables and they feel like they're not doing their craft. So hence they're a failure and that transfers to their work. But like if they're an actor, for example, and they're, you a waiter does, and you have eight hours a day, here's your practice that you have eight hours a day to practice your craft mm. at interacting with people at practicing different uh, expressions. Mm. Like that's what you can do that. You don't have to like all of a sudden separate, be like, well, I'm an actor and all of a sudden I show up at this job. Like I, 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 like I have to, I'm this crappy waiter. No, you can still be an actor. 
you can still make that you know yeah. theater yeah. out of your job and i've come across those people too you're like wow that's amazing you want to tip them more and you want to like interact with them so but going back to that question with us and and, and what we do and how we kind of compartmentalize um our work that's what we like this is where it really comes down to we don't see it in that way mm-hmm. and we I really try to just see how I can kind of embody uh, my work more. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna. We I took you off into a tangent. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, bring me back. <laughs> it was a great tangent. <laughs> um, staying consistent. Oh, and uh, and when to pivot, when not to pivot. When is pivoting a cop out for not staying consistent? Perfect. Sorry, I tend to do Don't that. Don't be sorry. Don't be yeah, sorry. Th- th- this is a great, great interview. You bring me back to the consistency part. Consistency and pivoting. Um, the example I'll give you, it comes down to feeling. You have a personal feeling. Um, so full transparency, we've been out here in LA for the last two months. We're, we're 99% certain that we're going to move here. I moved my business here. You were. You were. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I moved my, we moved our business here. I, were, we started, I put out roles to hire. We're looking for houses. Like this is very transparent. Like a lot of people don't know this. We're, we kept it on very low. We didn't tell our audience or anything like that. But they still don't know. You're probably one of the first people in your audience. Probably the first to hear it. And as we're here, we're so bought in. Like we're, we're going to do it. And we're on this journey. And then as we're in it, we realize something's not right. You know, you just inside you, you can persevere. You can keep being consistent and be like, yeah, this is the thing. Because if you look at the pros and cons, there's more pros of us being here in terms of business, opportunities, all that stuff. But if it comes down to that actual gut instinct and feeling, you're like, I feel like I should, my place is still London. Even though I'm so excited about this opportunity, right? And the same thing can happen with uh, careers, opportunities, things like that. You know, you, it always sometimes boggles you. You know, I've, uh, when some, somebody is doing for somebody who can be their dream job and then they quit, you're like, wow, they do that. Yeah. Like, that's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know, recently I saw some guy that was like, his name is Paul Ripke. He works for like Formula One team. He travels, like goes around in private jets. Like just, he's a photographer. Uh, like he's living the life, you know, but maybe it wasn't right for him. And he decided to quit and go, go on and do other things. Mm. Um, so with that, the pivoting part, you have to really also have that time with yourself to get in touch with yourself and yeah. be honest with yourself. Uh, similar to the product that you're creating is this something that i should keep going and persevere on in regards to doing or is this somewhere that i can move towards and that's a it's a very close call because many times it, there are cop-outs where you just don't want to do the work um versus yeah long term i don't actually want to keep being mm. like an editor for example like i used to edit all of our videos yeah you know yeah, no, I, no, I know the grind, you know, and but I told Mimi like as much as I actually enjoy even that craft, it just takes too much of my time, and it's not something that I should be doing. Yeah, and uh, even though you love my edits, um, I feel we should get somebody else to do it. And she'll still say, "Oh, I miss you doing this," but I'm like, it's just not the right thing for me. For sure, um, it's really interesting for me to hear. Um, you started, you know, talking about horoscopes and you started (laughs) (laughs) and now you're talking uh you know feeling and uh it's something i love it's something that i really i uh i'm very much into how i feel and and this kind of my energetic state and how that relates to what i'm doing work-wise and i love that you touched on that like work and life are blended that's something that i'm learning to kind of embrace because there was times uh especially at this age for me, people around me can't and in my circles and, and my age can be compartmentalized and be like, Oh, what are you doing after work? You know, it's the weekend time. Now we don't work where for me, it's like, I never wanted to put it away. And I was for a little bit like, Oh, maybe I should have a better balance. But the balance for me comes when I feel like I need balance or I need to unplug or whatever that 
whatever that looks like. So it, it comes down to kind of feeling into alignment and moving from that aspect. But have you been this way? Um, and you said, you know, cultivating that, that knowing with yourself, how has that looked, you know, say maybe 10 years ago when you were kind of on this climb, you know, you said you're just getting started, but you've also accomplished a whole lot. Um, have you kind of relied on that throughout? How has that looked and how, how does this kind of energetic feeling thing, um, as messy of a world that can be, how does that kind of integrate into your life? Like right now, you know, that's, that's a loaded multifaceted question, but take it however. Yeah. And I want to actually like load it even more there. I think there's Please load it up. Two, two this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah, two different ways to go into this. Yeah. Uh, I think, keep this in mind, so take me back. I want to first speak about this one thing, which I think is really important. Please do. Which is, the most important thing you can do as well, uh, in your craft or whatever, is actually create boundaries for yourself. And what I mean by that is, I do my best work when I still create um, when I have my own space where I go to create, meaning working from home for me is impossible, mm. right? As it's like one thing uh, that I've learned. I'm just not as creative. So even being the same um, space as where I live, I need to separate that. Like, and I tend to like go mad if I'm just working and living in the same space and I don't get out of the space. So one of my tips for anybody is create that place where you go still work um somewhere and i i find a lot of value in that even though i started from a whole idea of like screw the corporate screw the office screw nine to five right trust me that's where i came from but a full circle i've learned that it's important to have a space that you go to create your work right and i have that in london and it doesn't look like an office it's like actually like a second home uh but it's a space where I go work. So I think it's very important. And the second part is you have to have that space where you show up and do the work. Because if you only focus on your feeling when you feel like it, you're not going to feel like it most of the time. <laughs> like that's what I've learned too. It's like I still create my best work when I'm like, hey, I'm showing up and I'm doing the work. I, I told you as well, I've been here in LA for like almost last two months. I've probably been the least productive I've ever been in, in everything simply because I'm scattered. Like I'm not able to have that space where, and that kind of chunk of time where I'm like, here I am, I'm showing up and I'm doing the work. You know, there's another also small little book called, Do, it's very simple, Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. I was just about to quote yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you know, that book is a great reminder, even for myself, is like, you need to still do the work. And you, and in order to create that, those great pieces uh, that you've done, you just need to be at it. And that means sometimes putting in longer days. It's not also just like, oh, here, here's my nine to five and that's it. You can have that too. You can extend your timelines. Uh, but I just feel it's very important to, before we get into the next part of, of the question, uh, of the feeling part and all that other stuff, is to understand that um, even artists, even creatives, uh, need to have these certain boundaries, uh, where they get to be professional and that's what it is. You know, it's like, um, I think other things like Seth Godin always talks about, it's like, there is no such thing as writer's block. Like you just, it's, it's a made up thing because if you just show up and you just write yeah. just for the sake of writing, you, you can't expect all your work to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to just do the, the writing. So, but now, as so I said, bring me back to your original. I just want to really talk about that. No, I, I love so that. Important. And I love that Seth Godin piece that I'm trying to remind myself is, uh, it's like writer's block is a form of, uh, putting a perfectionist lens on what you're doing rather than just doing something and getting the ball rolling. And I really appreciate, I, I, I tend to work from home. Um, and it is messy and, yeah. it, and it's, uh, and it's so hard to create that boundary and it's easy for me to it's 10 PM, 9 PM. And I'm, this is the time where I'm like, okay, I'm unplugging and allowing my mind to kind of just get back to, to normal. And, um, and I'll feel the urge to just kind of check in, check an email, check on that project, check on whatever. Um, and maybe if I had a space where I could go to, 
that wouldn't be so messy. And yeah. this would kind of be my, ah, I'm relaxed here now. Yeah. Yeah. And I trust me because I've also same thing. Like right now, uh, where I'm at, I don't have an office here yeah. in LA. Hmm. And that's part of the reason that I know that I, knowing myself throughout the years, um, why I haven't been as effective when I do have a space. And like I said, it doesn't have to be fancy. For you know? sure. It's, it's just, it's, it can be a different work, work office you co-work out of. And another, I think, benefit that I found is like being around other people hmm. who are also doing their craft or creating. It just forces you to be more accountable versus when you're at home, you're like, oh, I can do this. Like Once again, when you have that, it's okay to mix. But you, we tend to uh, show up more when we're surrounded by other humans. That are showing up. They're showing up and we're like, oh, they're here too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like it's like a team. You know, it's yeah. almost like a team. Okay, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, versus you're like at home, like, ah, I really have, like I can just take a nap now. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, I'll just get, I'll, I'll have another banana. I'll have, I'll have an apple. Yeah. I'll walk the dog. Let's make this movie. Whatever, yeah. yeah. You know, like. um, and I like that you touched on Pressfield because that's exactly what came to mind. I didn't read really Do the Work. I read um, The Art of, or The War of Art. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that reminded me. It's just, the same thing. That's you know, like, do work is like, do the work as the, the compressed uh, version oh, really? if you need to just remind yourself of oh, those cool. things. Yeah, it's and really you just smart. have to show up. And you just but, but up. Take me back. What was the original yeah, so, question? And Sorry, like, was, no, you're good. This is a great, this is like very much aligned. And so you hit on the point that, um, you know, don't just show up when you feel like it. And that's why I, you know, brought that back. But um, more so not in that sense of like a day-to-day, how am I feeling, but more so in a life direction, work direction. You touched on... Um, making sure you come from a centered place and, and kind of ha- and leading from that and how you feel. So you answered the pivot question, you know, when to pivot, it, it comes from a place of how you feel. How has like, that sounds like to me that you are very in touch with yourself. You're very mm. in touch with your energy and the yes or no of something that might be in your life. Um, whether or not that has to do with your, your life and perspective, worldviews and spirituality or anything. How has your view in that sense of the word of feeling and, and like your spirit, I call it, or yourself, like what is that relationship like? Cause that's something that I haven't heard you touch on much, but I have heard you, you know, touch on multiple times, make sure you come in from the center and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, it's always, it, I think this conversation is, is, is so interesting because <laughs> most people, how the, the first um, kind of judgments of me, Mm. would be like i'm this you know i'm usually in dress shirts i yeah, wear yeah, like yeah. uh <laughs> and suits, i fall victim jackets <laughs> yeah and they're like i have like you know these glasses i i stay in luxury all the time so all, all these a lot of i know like this is actually what i'm into and that's why I'm, you can be this fluid person that you're you're not one thing mm. uh but even with this style that i have let's say even bringing back to that even what you're saying i think the most important thing that you can do as a person is be on that journey of what is real and important to you. So a lot of this, the stuff that ended up being in my life, that's great. Whether it be my career, whether it be my relationship with my wife, my life, all those things were doubted by my circle. So what I mean is a lot of us are surrounded. We just, you know, we grew up in certain neighborhoods, areas, countries where there's a, Culture is an immense, strong thing around us, and it really um, forces us to act a certain way. You know, if you're American, if you're from Texas, if you're from New York, you're LA, you, like, literally, it, it, uh, the energy around you will make you a certain way. And the biggest and most important thing that we can do as people is really be, uh, question ourselves in our reality, like, is this is this, do I care about this? So I'll, I'll give an example. So I'll bring this back to, to my own life. Is that as so as I'm growing up and, you know, I'm an immigrant from Russia who grew up in Canada, um, you know, also got influenced by hip hop culture, being in America, trying to fit in and, you know, wearing baggy stuff and listening to rap, playing basketball as we did, which is great. Uh, but, you know, there's certain things that we as humans, like we're social animals. And we tend to be very tribal and make um, really conform to the tribe. And we do that because we it's for survival. It's protection, yeah. It's for survival and protection. But that often leads to a lot of unhappiness, right? In regards to even the work you have, uh, the, the relationship you may, you may have, your friends you may have. Because, for example, 
when my friends go off and play video games earlier or watch basketball instead of playing basketball or go to the nightclub, I, uh, you can still do that stuff. You can try that out. But if you're really honest with yourself, as I was, I'm like, I really don't care to go to a pub, drink beer, and watch somebody else play basketball. Mm. Like, <laughs> that doesn't, like, I don't get excited by that. Mm. Um, or let's say um, I proposed to my wife when I was 21. All my friends are like, you, what are you, stupid? Like, you're in your 20s. There's so many girls that you're going to miss out on. But in my feeling, I'm like, this is a girl. And I know so many people who had those, those things like with even love. Love is rare. Like that's why you like you or same thing like hitting on a certain career. That can be like a once in a moment lifetime. Like that serendipity of, you know, like doing something or meeting this person or describing something. And if you let your culture and your surroundings talk you out of something that you have feeling towards. That's why the most important thing that I always communicate to people is don't listen to me, even what I say, like, yeah. or, or any other person, guru, uh, book, uh, anything that we discuss. The most important person to communicate with and listen to is yourself. And that inner guide, you will know the, like, the direction to go towards. But it often is clouded. And that's what we have to separate. Is it the culture speaking? Is it like the people that I'm around speaking? Are they talking me out of it or is it actually me? Is this like my calling? And that's why going back to the, even that pivot stuff, reassessing constantly what, uh, what we're on. And that voice, you will get a better connection with it as you start having the, that relationship with it. So for myself, as I went, as I'm still on that journey, I'm always doing my best to try to get in touch with, it's more of a, to me, like I said, we're all still made differently to me it's a feeling thing but that's because that's my point of view that's how i process the world is through feelings for other people it may be a different way they may be more logical and they may need to do a pros and cons list and that's how they break things down maybe that's their thing not everyone is a feeling kind of person like you have to also know your personality type but for myself and i think for a lot of people listening to this or or watching this is is really going through life and assessing, are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this for the tribe, for the culture? And most of us, you know, the, uh, the stuff, you know, dr you know, drinking or doing certain things, you can also have positive peer pressure. If you're around people who do marathons and exercise, you're going to be in peer pressure like, oh, snap, like I have to exercise. Yeah. But at the same time, you can also then question things like, do I really care about lifting weights and drinking protein shakes? Like, maybe I don't care about that. So it's it's this. There can be positive peer pressures. There can be negative peer pressures. But ultimately, you have to uh, dive into yourself. And if you can, in a way, fall in with that, like life, the way it will unfold, and trust life. Um, it will be a beautiful journey because everyone has is on their own unique journey with their own unique experience and that's why like it's it's such a beautiful thing i love that you touched on <clears throat> the fact that our wherever we are right now is literally has formed us most of our prejudices what we believe kind of the, the connotations we make about things it's how we deem something as normal or not and for me the th the first thing to actually just break that mold wide open was uh after graduating I, I traveled and did a solo travel for a few months and didn't speak the language and didn't know the geography didn't know how to eat the food I was alone and um with everything being just so different and all I had was my relationship to myself um not only did I get to know myself for the first time I really realized and by meeting you know your so many more Europeans made some <laughs> amazing friends I was like oh you've lived your whole life this way and you call that normal and you've lived your whole life this way and you call that normal. And so as I go back to where I came from leaving college when everyone's like, what job are you going to get? You're not going to get a job, you know? And, and for me to be feel not supported in that at all. And like, why am I not normal? And then even in college, like you said, like, um, at a certain point going out and going to like hang out with friends, this gets not so fulfilling. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, am I, 
uh, why don't I enjoy what everybody else enjoys? And um, <laughs> to, to question what you deem as normal, I think, is a super valuable insight. Yeah. And uh, is a super important for me. I think especially, like, same thing, coming now, being here, kind of back in the U.S. and in America, it is a very strong culture. Mm. You know, it's it's a very strong thing. And I can say be any, anywhere you are, and you have to really uh, just... That's why some, I think as you pointed out, like even travel is so important. And, and so you can really experience that. But other ways people can travel is through actually exposing themselves through different content. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of now of YouTube and videos. You can literally uh, see people doing what you did, you know, traveling, be on their journey, talking about it. And it can be a good way for you to expose yourself to different ideas, different mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. And then always have that kind of checking with yourself like what what feels right to you but i think so i i I still tend to see the reason why most people don't achieve their dreams and goals is because they're not living their own life you know they're living somebody else's dream and goals they're like they they were taught like yeah i should get this job and i should do this and i should live in iowa uh, that's where my family is at but maybe you shouldn't you know and maybe you'll actually feel way happier in india who knows maybe that's your tribe mm. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you just never know it doesn't matter yeah so we're on a plane path we got a plane path yep uh <laughs> hopefully it doesn't pick it up that's all good these mics are usually usually good with just that thing one of the um things that i talk about synergy i like right before our talk i just did one last scroll on your instagram and uh <laughs> i found this picture that you posted almost probably over a year ago and it said if you were to change something about the public school system what would it be and uh that is one of the things i don't know why but my whole life i felt very unsupported by school and it was like this talk about deep knowing it was like throughout my childhood even through college I was like, this is not right. And uh, no matter what you tell me about myself, to some degree, I knew this isn't right. This isn't how it should be. Um, You have multiple kids now? Just one. Just one. Um, Good of one. And so so you have a a unique perspective on this, but I feel super passionate about this. And uh, I see in the long term, you know, what's my life work going to look like? At some point, I see myself trying in some way to impact – the way the education system set up either passively or actively. My question for you is given all that you've learned, you've done business school, you've, you've built businesses. What would you change about the public school system? What, if there was an ideal, even if it wasn't public school, if there was an ideal means for someone to um, like a framework for how someone can become this full human that, uh, lives a life that their work is, you know, fulfilling and that they're doing their work that they're, you know, is aligned with who they are. What would that maybe look like? It's, it's That's a, a loaded one again. It's, it's, a, it's a big <laughs> question. Yeah. I love when I get you to exhale after I say <laughs> something. <sighs> oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm as deeply passionate as you are. And I think so many people are about education system. And in a way, I also feel I've been wrong by the education system. Um, at the same time, what I start realizing and learn is that that's not the like a lot of us have this, uh, you know, before me and you talked about like, don't put anybody on a pedestal, like not even one person in regards to like what they are, who they are and things like that. Not mean that anybody else. And we have to do the same thing with the education system. So I have the same, everything you just expressed. And I think there's so many of us that are like, this is wrong and it should be changed. Yeah. But the, the purpose of the education system is not exactly what you described it's not to make you this person mm. the purpose of the education system at the core is just to make cogs for the workplace it's for the industry that's what education is born out of um so yes we're approaching times where we have to think differently and we have to approach things like uh, education differently and this is what me and my wife also think about especially having a child and it's so important for us and this is the reason why you know, she goes to the school she does. It was actually another big reason why we actually didn't move out here as well because we didn't find the school that uh, goes by what we believe in. And, what does that school look like? What do you... What do you so here's... Uh, and it, it ties into yeah. uh, what our ideas and, and thoughts and still uh, we're not... <laughs> we don't know the how it will pan out. For sure. But what we believe in, we're living in the age of 
and we're entering this age where more than ever your create creative thinking is going to be one of the most important skill sets to have as we the world becomes more machined in regards to uh, technology and computers like you will never outdo the computer or calculus like just to give up like that's, that's not you can be better at creative calculus right so how do you like approach calculus problems in a different way potentially but in regards to simply solving formulas you're not gonna like the humans are already <laughs> we're at our kind of peak and machines will over already have overtaken us at those tasks and we're seeing that also happen in the workplace so what is going to be required of humanity is how do we bring more and like be more empathic be more human being more emotional, right? Not, we don't need that policy uh, machine type of stuff in more humans. And that's what the current education system is really built on is a lot of like systems, processes, uh, testing, get you to the test, do it. I totally get it. It's like, uh, it's compliance. And that's what frustrates me the most about the world really, even when I interact with other businesses and there's, you know, I'm sure you had those experiences when you're dealing with a human in, in a business that is not being human mm. that is simply following policy and just like to me that's the that's where i can still get angry yeah i'm like i just want to shake them blood boiling. i'm like Ooh. be human Ooh. like this is not like yeah. about business and what yeah. you actually and this is actually bad for business in the long term and yeah. so what we try to do in our businesses in regards to how do we allow all everybody to be human from the customer service piece and people to anybody else but bringing it back to you know, education system, what, what would we change, how would we do it differently is how do we allow people to get in touch with themselves and how do you do that? You know, our school, our daughter is in a Montessori school that our friend uh, kind of created, which is a, is a true Montessori. Uh, Jeff Bezos is actually investing billions of dollars right now into uh, preschool Montessori schools. What is a Montessori school? So Montessori schools are in, in uh, I guess in summary, I'll just say from my experience, they allow the child to be. And what that means is, you know, a lot of schools are like, okay, kids, now it's time to do this. And we're all do this. Now it's time to do this. Like they all feel like the, the kids are not kind of smart enough, wise enough, and they have to be led to do stuff. Instead, Montessori allows kids to explore on their own. So for example, if my daughter is playing with a certain, you know, thing at school and they, they 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 still have activities let's say right but let's say if alexa my daughter is she's out there and and she's playing with something they're not going to interrupt her flow for the sake of the community to like do this activity hmm. they're going to let her be hmm. and what that teaches inherently and the whole purpose of it and it's why jeff bezos is also uh, of amazon such a big proponent of it if it's done the right way is it allows you to then follow your own path as these great entrepreneurs that a lot of these, you know, Google founders, all these are products of early childhood education that were Montessori led. Mm. So what it allowed these people, most people, and a lot of things, what we talked about, it's been ingrained in us. Think about it. You're even now you're out of school for the majority of your life. You've been part of the system where you've been taught to follow rules. And this is, this is the class. This is what you do stuff. This is the testing. And you're, you know, you're a good kid. You get a grade. It's like, it's just a lot of, you know, carrots and a stick. Like it, that's how we're brought on. But imagine if, uh, if you are actually, um, kind of raised in a way where you're able to follow your own jump beat and, and really follow the direction, follow your intuition, your flow of what you're interested in because of education in school, it's not like anyone is really say dumb or not smart. It just, I think when we feel wrong by school is when we're like, why am I doing this? I don't care about this. Yeah. But when you're like, actually, you know, it's, I think now you're getting this as too. When I actually got out of school and I, and I didn't, and, it, and it, what I'm most grateful for is that school didn't kill that growth mindset within me. Yeah. You know that, so that what allows me to succeed, and this is the biggest differentiator in, in where I am and how I am. Is because I keep learning. I'm not. I don't have a finite uh, mindset. You know, there's also a new book by Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game. I'm playing the infinite game. 
to me, life, I'm always learning. I'm always excited to, like, breaking down things, exploring. There's so many, like, life is just incredible. There, there's so many avenues. But most of us have been brainwashed into this idea that, like, it's boring. And it's, it's a slog. Mm. No, actually... Things can be exciting. Like learning can be super exciting if you're really into it. Yeah. So that's why you do have to scratch your own itch. And so what schooling has to do, going back to that question is, and even what Montessori, proper Montessori, because a lot of schools are like, even here, we've, we're really disappointed because we went to a bunch of Montessori schools here in West LA. Most of them are BS. Hmm. Like they're, they're still getting uh, kids to simply follow along and follow rules. Hmm. They're not allowing them to actually be and explore and um, and kind of develop themselves. Because if inherently, if you are able to develop that skill set of really digging deeper into what you're interested in, that's how we have the Einsteins. That's how we have the Da Vinci's. Because they're just, they're, they're really exploring their craft mm. and they keep going deeper and it's like, mm. it's a rabbit hole. Because yeah. once you're really interested in something, you just keep going. Mm. And the best we can do is, but I understand even how I started this question. It's hard to do that because we have lots of people. It's expensive <laughs> to do this, even Montessori and all these things where you give that more individualistic approach um, to students. However, we'll see how things evolve. Like we're living in interesting times. We are. As I was taking a walk the other day, I popped in, you popped into my head and I was like, huh, I wonder when... You know, we played basketball twice. We're like, when we're going to play again? I was like, huh, maybe me and Alex will play basketball this week. It's sunny out. As I finish that thought, I look up and you pull up and you're right there with your wife in your car. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. And, I, and then your wife says, oh, it's the law of attraction. Do you believe in the law of attraction? And if so, how has it played in your life? Oh, major, man. Really? Like, I think... Some people avoid that word like the plague. Some people have a nice, healthy relationship with it. I like to think that it has a big part to do with things. Um, I think why people may have a bad feeling towards law of attraction or a good one, I think I'm in the middle. You can't be too hyped about it, and you can't be too negative about it. And it's like most things in life. Yeah. I'm always curious about what can this happen. Let's say with the 500 Journal even, uh, why it's a practice... Uh, that I, I owe so much to in regards to and it's a way to practice that habit of law of attraction to your life for example one of the questions in the morning is you know we'll make today great and then that way you have to ask like you have to think and then put down on paper and have, have that vision expectation of what would be like what's going to happen today is going to be great and always we give the example of what is what is in your power mm. so you know you can't say like Oh, it's going to be sunny and I'm in London, you know, that, that's what's going to make today great. Like, no, you can't control that. Like, why would you put that down and disappoint yourself? Uh, because outside of your control. So what can you do today that will make your day great? And in that way, you're putting yourself in a position of power and then saying, how can you attract that into your life? So for example, that can be like, I'm going to go out and do a podcast and bring a, my best positive energy uh, into that interaction and conversation hmm. that's still in your power but it's but that's still law of attraction meaning you're already envisioning of how well your interaction will be but you're still taking action because you still have to show up hmm. and be aware yeah. that you have to bring your best self it's like tipping the scale in your favor almost yeah, yeah. but you're so that's what i believe like law of attraction is meaning you're expecting a certain positive outcome mm. of what you want to create in your life mm. but you then take the action to actually do it mm. where most people miss on the law of attraction and gets this more this doesn't work well you're not doing the work you can't just be like create a vision board of all these things although a lot of those things do work even if you do create it because what happens once you create certain visions for yourself your brain is the most incredible tool and it's it's a navigation system how even you said in that example of you start thinking of us, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's serendipity. Things happen, but, but if you uh, so, sorry, but if you weren't thinking of that, I may have just passed you by, and you may have not saw me. Yeah, and the crazy part was, uh, I think I thought of you just like just before, and I had turned a certain way, and I had stopped with my dog for an extended amount of time right before that. 
because he was being annoying and I was like, sit and, <laughs> and just stay there. And so had I not done these weird few things in a row, um, I wouldn't have saw you. And that was the, that was the weird part. So I think this is why it's such a great example to lead that question that you said. It's a perfect analogy. So same thing. You can visualize, you can, uh, think of the, the great things that will happen. And, but if you, if you, I will say, if you don't do that, if you don't even do that exercise of visualizing or expecting the good in your life, the next time that opportunity comes your way, you won't see it. Mm. So same thing. If you didn't uh, take that time to think about it or, or me or our interaction, and I could have been there on that corner. You could have been straight looking at that car and it could have been, Oh, that's a cool car. And you haven't, you didn't see me in it and you say, Oh, that's Alex. Cool. Let's, 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 yeah. ha let's hang out. Hey, how's it going? And, and see me and yeah. kind of connect. Cause I also kind of like glance and we connected and yeah. we looked. And so it's the same thing with the universe and these ideas that this is why kind of I've created the life that I have and going back to the law of attraction, both me, my wife, take the time so even now as we end up you know depending when it airs but as we're entering this new decade and this new year Hel helicopter flying by <laughs> as we enter this new decade in this new year we already are visualizing where are we gonna be in let's say the next three years how does my life look like what does my uh, what does my work look like? What does my circle of friends look like? Um, how do I feel? You know, and if you can take it further, you know, if you can take it further, even like the, to that big hairy audacious goal of like the next decade, even better. And you can still, as we talked about, you can still pivot, you can do stuff, but it is so important as a human and this is our one of our biggest gifts and abilities is that this is why we reason we created the world that we have is we can visualize we can create visions for ourselves and that's on a massive important skill set that we have versus other animals you know your dog doesn't visualize about yeah, he's, how he's gonna take he's over just, the world he's just sleeping there <laughs> he's not thinking much <laughs> yeah but he, great for him it allows him to be more present but this, but as a way of, uh, we can still utilize this power that we have of visualizing to create a vision for ourselves. Like I come from very humble beginnings. Like I said, immigrant, single mother, father passed away. Like I can go into how crappy my, you know, and challenging my journey was, but what helped me overcome and what has helped many other people overcome the most, even more challenging, way more challenging situations than me in my life is thinking of of a vision of their life in a different way and then going towards that vision. That's what gives you purpose. That's what gives you meaning. That's what gives you drive. That's what keeps you out of the depression. Mm. You know, you get into depression when you're like, life sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny time to just catch you. Uh, given that we're, you know, either releasing this right before or right after 2020. It's a new decade. It's a big yeah. new beginning. It's a great time to get clear on this stuff. Um, is there any actionable insights? Like what are some right now we could do to get super clear? Like to what extent should we get clear? Like how specific should I be? Can you give me anything actionable that uh, the audience like right now could, could do to start visualizing getting in the, the energy of what they want to create and, and how they want their life to look? Yeah, totally. I think, Doing this exercise, take a few hours, maybe take a day if you need to. And they can really help you do the things that we talked about uh, today, which is really getting clear of how do you see your life in the next, in, say, in three years. So pick a day in three years and write out that day as if it's real. So you're writing in present tense, right? So this is what happens, and this is how your day unfolds. Writing down the schedule and all yeah, that. Yeah, schedule. Like, but you, you get into the details, your interactions, what you're doing. Are you then getting interviewed by somebody, or are you fil filming this person, or what is your job, what are you doing, who's your partner, who are you hanging out with, who are your friends? And, you know, you can still be to a point, like, let's not get real. You're not going to be president of the United States in three years. But... 
within realm of possibility, but still stretching yourself, where can you be? And you'd be surprised. Like, uh, and if you, you can also do that same exercise for the next decade, if you want, for an, in, in 10 years. But I think this is actually a very practical and powerful thing you can do of, of creating a vision for yourself. And then that will allow you and give you meaning and purpose of what you're building towards and where you're going towards. And you can always have that piece of paper to remind you of like, okay, this is where I need to go. Mm. But even if you don't look at it, you will plant those seeds in your subconscious of the direction you'll be. And even though in three years, you may not be exactly there, you will still um, have an idea and a direction of some sort that you're going towards mm. because most of us are wa- walking directionless le- less in life or following following somebody else's path and so the next level of thing you can do is actually also break down the actions you can take to get to that vision that's the next thing but for now even if you just start with the vision yeah um it can already get you inspired to start moving towards that and this is like for me in my life that's how, how I've been. People look at me. Oh, well, it's easy for you to say, like, buddy, like this is designed. You can literally create your design, like, design your life in regards to how you see it, your friends, your circles, and then it will help you navigate as you come across certain situations. And then people are like, hey, hey, let's go drinking or whatever. You're like, it's not part of my vision. It's mm. not part of my life. Mm. Or, uh, but certain other interactions, you, you'll have a kind of a a little manual guide to help you along that uh, go along the way. Yeah, that's like a North Star. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. I know your time's <laughs> fast, uh, time's busy. We went way over. What is uh, anything you want to leave us with uh, that I might have missed? No, man. I think just don't listen to me. Like, that's literally, even if all I said here is that uh, if it doesn't, if it somehow uh, calls you something that you're like, yeah, this is something I should do, do it. If it doesn't, don't do it. Like, I think it's very important to still have your own calling. And that's what I would say is like, you are the ultimate guide. You're the ultimate kind of guru to a certain degree. Don't get ahead of yourself too. Like, you know, you still keep your ego in check. Yeah. But you also be your guide, you know, and let, and you don't try to create the life that I have. Don't try to create a life somebody else's have. Like I said, as I said before, get inspired, but don't copy. Because if you copy somebody else, most likely you're not going to end up happy. Uh, so get inspired and, and create your own version of whatever you want to create. Mm. My last question I'd like to ask <laughs> yeah, go ahead. is, uh, yeah, I keep adding them on. If there's, assuming you would change nothing, everything happened for a reason, uh, what's a piece of advice you would give your 24-year-old self? could be advice, encouragement. Same one. Same one. Yeah, same one, honestly. Like, I think that's the, the most important thing because uh, everything that other people have talked me out of and I, I didn't let them talk me out of it and I did it because I felt like it, I'm so grateful for it. Like, honestly, I'm going back to my hometown, like Toronto, tomorrow. And it's incredible to see how far I've come simply because I dared to dream and I dared to follow my own path. Amazing. I'm going to link to your podcast, your Instagram, uh, the five minute journal, the productivity planner. Uh, there's a lot that people can find. I think they're going to be super excited to learn more. Awesome. Thank I you for having you. me. I appreciate you a ton. <laughs> yeah, this resonated bro. so much, yeah. man. One of my favorite conversations. Yeah, now you're listening to it. We yeah. have it in history books. All right, cool, 